the way I build confidence, it really depends on what people need. So for instance, something I've always done is whenever I've asked students a question, I don't accept, I don't know as an answer. I don't, I, it's not allowed in my lessons. Um, because I always like to encourage them to just try. And when they take these educated guesses, they usually actually get the answer right or they're along the right lines. And just that tiny nudge has made such a huge difference for my students because they not only feel confident to try, even if they're unsure, but it just removes this fear of failure, of this fear of getting it wrong. You know, my aim as an educator is always to empower people. And a measure of success for me is that they really shouldn't need me for too long. If they need me for too long, then I'm perhaps not doing my job quite so well. The first thing that I always talk to people about is to make a conscious decision. And this decision can change and it can evolve. But just to start with, to make a very conscious decision about whether you want to be self-employed or whether you want to be an entrepreneur is I think it's a really good idea to decide on what kind of life you want to lead. I'm not necessarily talking monetary goals, but what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your every day to look like? And how do you want to feel? And then work backwards from that and design your business to give you that. And it may not happen overnight. It might take months, years, but as long as you are on that path, and of course, what you want might evolve over time, then there's a real, there's a really true value to running a business. From a personal point of view, why I, why I went down this road is because tutoring has been life-changing for me. It gave me the exit I needed, and I really needed it out of the classroom. But it also realized my like lifelong dream to be a full-time business person. Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education, and hopefully inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organisation and online tutoring community for thousands of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, Teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, tutorpreneurs, and more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learnt about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? Welcome to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. My name is Ludo Miller, the host of this podcast. Welcome back to uh, regular listeners. Welcome to any of you for whom this is uh, your first time listening to the Qualified Tutor podcast. And of course, uh, a huge welcome to today's guest, Samantha McMahon. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you uh, very much for being here. Thank you for um, the appearance on uh, your podcast, Upgrade Your Education Business podcast, that you uh, invited me to uh, earlier this year. And that was... Uh, one of the first times I have been on a kind of the other side of the microphone, as it were, it was a wonderful experience. Um, you can find the link to Samantha's podcast um, in the show notes below. Um, but as a, as a brief introduction to Samantha, um, 
many of our listeners will will know Samantha already. She is uh, and has been a valued member of the qualified tutor community ever since um, its earliest days. Uh, and as I said, just then was was very kind in in, in allowing us to to appear on on uh, on her podcast as well. Samantha has a wealth of experience in both the uh, entrepreneurial and teaching fields. Uh, upgrade your education business and Samantha's other uh, exciting venture, the Upgrade Project, are not Samantha's first businesses. I'm sure uh, Samantha, uh, if she feels it's uh, you know right to draw on this, will we'll draw on these experiences uh, in the next 25 minutes or so. Um, and despite uh, Anya closing down in 2020, um, after a, a simultaneous stint as a classroom teacher, this experience gave Samantha uh, the confidence and the expertise to launch herself back into the world of business. And here we are now, it's spring 2022, and Samantha's two businesses are helping a great number of students and, of course, small business leaders, including many dear friends of, of qualified tutors such as Ilana King and, and Judy Bryce. Samantha, a mightily impressive CV. Um, Thank you for being here. What's giving you reason to smile today, Samantha? Well, your introduction for a start. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was very generous. Um, it's really it's really nice to be a guest on the podcast. I really value the qualified tutors community and I like what it represents in our industry. So it's a real pleasure to be a part of it. Thank you, Samantha. That's very kind words. Um, and I'd love to kick off this podcast um, by finding out a little bit more about about why you do what you do, and I think this will be a, a really good insight, Samantha, into into your kind of background, into your career, and to um, why you're here today. So that question is, Samantha, what is your why as an educator? Um, so I've been an educator for my entire career. Um, I've been teaching adults. I've been teaching children, and my why has always been to empower people. When I was a classroom teacher, for instance, and I would teach GCSE groups, I would I would say to them, leave your target and predicted grades at the door and just focus on doing your absolute best in class. And when I work with children who face personal challenges, I try and empower them with lifelong skills so that their personal circumstance, you know, never held them back. And as a private tutor, which I do feel is different, I do design lessons to support children's individual needs. And I don't just mean from an academic perspective. I even do this for my group classes. And I like to work alongside them like a team so that there isn't this I'm the teacher and I'm the boss type dynamic. And I do a very similar thing with adults when I train them as well, because people are people. And, you know, we all like to feel confident. We all feel like we're doing well and that motivates us. Um, but with, with the tuition side of my business, I work very closely with families, particularly for younger students, to make sure they're getting the level of the support that they need, because it's a it's a multi-agency kind of approach. So, you know, my aim as an educator is always to empower people. And a measure of success for me is that they really shouldn't need me for too long. If they need me for too long, then I'm perhaps not doing my job quite so well. So that's that's formed your philosophy ever since your education days or, or before that even? Good question. I think it formed my philosophy after my education days. I don't think I was mature enough to think of it that way <laughs> before. Um, I mean, te- being a school teacher, I was, a, I was a corporate trainer, corporate business trainer before I was a teacher. 
And in the corporate world, there's a really, in my view, a low level understanding of teaching and learning and how people, how learning is transferred. And so again, I was, I was going through the motions, but I think I really gained this insight when I became a classroom teacher and was working with children from so many different backgrounds that I, it made me reflect on what my role really is here because it was a very, it was a huge responsibility. I was changing and shaping people's lives and that responsibility doesn't come lightly. I wasn't part of a big corporate machine anymore. And so I think that that ethos probably developed there, but I realized that it had always been inside me. It's the way I train adults, even if I'm teaching them something quite dry, like Microsoft Excel, um, you know, it's still about them being very active in their learning so that they go away and remember what they've learned and they can apply it. Yeah, I think perhaps that style of teaching is even more um, kind of effective with adult learners because with children, with, with students um, who are used to learning in, in the classroom all day, when they come to a tutoring session, they they want to be active in learning where it could have been years since an adult was, was in that environment um, and was kind of you know au fait with the fact that active learning is the best way to learn you know it could have been 10 15 years so I think it's even more effective even more kind of a shock to the system for them um so I mean tell us a little bit more Samantha about how you're giving students um kind of newfound confidence and and competence as part of the upgrade project well confidence is at the core of what I offer it's splashed all over my website and the motto that I use as an educator, whether I teach children or adults, is that if, we'll, if we feel confident with what we do, then we enjoy it. And if we enjoy it, we want to do more of it. And if we do more of it, we see results. So that's, an, that's a principle that I really follow. And I make very clear to parents because as, as good as that motto sounds, some parents and some children, they do want just a really, really pure academic focus. They want something really intensive. And in that situation, maybe I'm not the right tutor for them. So I do make sure that confidence building is at the core of everything because I believe it unlocks results. Um, and the way I build confidence, it really depends on what people need. So, for instance, something I've always done is whenever I've asked students a question, I don't accept. I don't know as an answer. I don't. I, it's not allowed in my lessons um, because I always like to encourage them to just try and when they take these educated guesses, they usually actually get the answer right or they're along the right lines. And just that tiny nudge has made such a huge difference for my students because they not only feel confident to try, even if they're unsure, but it just removes this fear of failure, of this fear of getting it wrong. So it's created this really safe environment that I hope they can take forward in other situations. But I also try and stay very responsive. You know, for example, at the start of this academic year, I welcomed a new student into my group class and she really struggled because she was really shy. She was a real introvert. So I introduced an icebreaker activity at the start and it was meant to just be a one-off just to get, you know, ease her in. But the students all really loved it. They were like, what are we doing next week? So it helped this student with her confidence. The students were really engaged. So now it's become a thing. We do it every lesson and I've shaped it into something that helps with their analytical, their critical thinking and articulation skills. 
So what I do is always changing and evolving depending on what my students need, how they respond and how I can respond to their response. Are you able to give us a tiny insight into what the icebreaker is or is that protected IP? Oh no, it's I, I Google dilemmas for children, ethical dilemmas <laughs> for children. It's, it's that kind of thing. So I think once I asked something like, um, it was something like if you, if you saw a thief stealing a whole load of money from a house, a really wealthy family, but you knew that they were actually donating this to an orphanage, what would you do? Would you tell the police? Because if you tell the police, they would have to return all the money. And that really got them thinking. And then, you know, questions like, would you want to earn like five pounds a day or would you like to get a million pounds all in one go? Um, you know, things like that. And then sometimes, so I give them a week to prepare and then sometimes I put them on the spot. I think the most entertaining one, if I've got time to share it quickly, Please. was, uh, so it was on International Women's Day. And so I, I've got one child who's a boy and the rest of them are all females. And I asked them, so next week, I want you to tell me about a woman who has had a real influence in your life, someone you admire. It can be your mom. It can be someone famous. So all their hands shot up and, um, you know, they were asking, can it be a singer and all of this? And the, the male student, he, he looked at me and was like, does it have to be a girl? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it does today. And another one, and I thought this was probably the best answer I've ever heard. She's only eight. And she said, um, can I choose me? And I just thought, wow, yeah, of course you can. And the following, when they did, they all came up with really interesting things. And then that the male student, he said, um, I choose my mum. I said, oh, that's lovely. I said, what, you know, what, what does your mum do that, that, you know, helps you admire her, that makes you admire her? And she was like, nothing really. She's just, she's just my mum. <laughs> so we, we do have some laughs and it, they are really entertaining with these questions. Yeah, I, I, I we... In the QT world, we know them as thunks. I don't know if you've heard um, I have. that terminology. Perhaps they're slightly different to a dilemma. Um, I think my favourite one is, is, has always been, um, would you be friends with yourself? Which is quite similar to, to what the, the, the girl in your class said. You know, can, I, can, I, can it be myself? Can I be my inspiration? Yeah. Um, I think, can you be, would you like to be friends with yourself? And initially, people are like, yeah, yeah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Oh, maybe not actually, you know, in interactions, yes. And then, and then no, but you know, those, the idea of thanks comes from our, our good friend um, Ian Gilbert from Independent Thinking. But I think, you know, wherever you hear them, wherever you get them from, Samantha, they are a great way to, to start a session um, or to end a session or to, you know, however it is. Um, and I think that's where tutoring becomes more than just um, the passing of knowledge or the passing of, of academic learning. Um, and kind of more into, yeah, confidence building, coaching, mentoring. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more, given it's something that clearly you, you do quite a lot, is, is how do the areas of, of tutoring and mentoring uh, intersect? Well, mentoring has two meanings for me, really, because firstly, as well as tutoring and teaching children, I also mentor them, even though until you asked me that, I'd never really stuck that label on it, but it, upon reflection, I do mentor them. But I also mentor education business owners and there's an intersection between them. 
For my students, to me, mentoring comes in the form of being able to support them fully, as in not just the academic side. Um, I mean, children are great at blurting things out and it's not unusual for them to be in the middle of a task and suddenly blurt out something that's bothering them that's completely unrelated to our subject. And so we swerve and we talk about that. And I really wished that I'd been able to do that as a classroom teacher. It's actually one of the reasons why I took on extra responsibility. I was a deputy head of year. But in a room full of 35 children, that's really hard. So when I moved into tutoring, I first felt guilty if we had these types of conversations because I felt like I might be in trouble with a parent for allowing the distraction. But I very quickly realised how important these conversations are, especially in a one-to-one or very small group environment. And when I work with education business owners, a very similar thing happens. If, say, we're talking about coming up with a social media strategy, we bring in factors like their lives or their personal challenges or you know, just to create something that really works for them and it's actually sustainable. And when I take a step back from all of that, they're all interlinked because as one person, there's only so many students I can support. So by helping fellow educators get more visible, develop services and products, it means there are more high quality educators in the market, which means, of course, that more children can also be supported. And is that perhaps that final point there is, is where Upgrade Your Education business came from? You know, important for listeners, you know, there's Upgrades and the Upgrade Project, which is Samantha's um, tutoring side, and then Upgrade Your Education business, which helps fellow um, education businesses. Um, why did you move into that area? There are a number of reasons, really, why I took that step. From a very logical point of view, I'm a qualified business trainer. And before I was a teacher, I was working with corporate organizations. So when I blended this in with my teaching and tutoring experience, it was quite a natural transition. But also, when I first set up a business, I was 22, and I really didn't know anything. And there really wasn't much information out there. You know, you couldn't go to YouTube University. So There is a lot of generic advice out there and rules that often I find people think they need to follow, but often they don't work because every niche and every industry have their own nuances. And so with a blend of my experience, I feel like I can support people in a very targeted way. But also the reason, you know, from a personal point of view, why why I went down this road is because tutoring has been life changing for me. It gave me the exit I needed, and I really needed it, out of the classroom. But it also realized my like lifelong dream to be a full-time business person, because I grew up with this mentality that relying on your own business is unstable, and it's, you know, it's not a good idea. And so for 17 years, I ran my first business while working full-time, because I just assumed I always needed a fallback. But taking that risk or that step into tutoring and being a full-time business owner has been just, it's been so liberating. So I really enjoy helping other people design businesses, which is what I talk about a lot, that are completely on their terms so that, you know, we're very focused on our target audience and we should be. But I also focus on business owners and what they want to get out of the experience of being one. Otherwise, there's little point in running one if you're not getting what you need out of it. That is 
so powerful what you've just said, Samantha, and, and I want to um, just draw on that a, a touch more. Um, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, Samantha, but what is your number one tip for a teacher wanting to move into the world of their own business? To choose one tip, it's really hard. Okay, fine, you have two. <laughs> I think the first thing that I always talk to people about is to make a conscious decision and this decision can change and it can evolve but just to start with to make a very conscious decision about whether you want to be self-employed or whether you want to be an entrepreneur because that will dictate how you take those steps so let's say you say I really don't want to be doing all the marketing and all the other things that are required to develop a business but you do want to be a tutor or you want to set up a business in a totally different field. Think about the stepping stones that you might need to take if it, if it is tutoring. And I'll use that as an example, given the podcast. If it is tutoring, then you might want to go to some agencies. And yes, they will take a commission. But quite rightly, you know, they have, you're getting students based on their reputation and they, they do a lot of background work that you don't have to do. So that's a great way of being self-employed where you have some control over your time. But at the same time, you teach and you get paid. Whereas if you want to develop a business, if you want to be an entrepreneur, then your approach might be different. Or you might still sign up for agencies just as that stepping stone, just to gain a bit of momentum, experience, earn some money that you can reinvest in the business. So to me, that's always that very first step. And the second thing, because you generously allowed me a second thing, is... Something that I I did actually when I left teaching, this was the very first time in my life that I did this, is I think it's a really good idea to decide on what kind of life you want to lead. I'm not necessarily talking monetary goals, but what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your every day to look like? And how do you want to feel? And then work backwards from that and design your business to give you that. And it may not happen overnight. It might take months, years. But as long as you are on that path, and of course, what you want might evolve over time, then there's a real, there's a really true value to running a business. Because if it's just money, or if it's just, I want to be my own boss, that's, it's, it's really hard running a business. And that's not going to keep you going through the tough times. But if you have a really strong sense of why you're doing this, and it's a personal, compelling reason, then even when things are tough, it will get you through that. So they would probably both be my, that that would be my top two bits of advice. Listeners, go back, drag the cursor back and listen to, to that again. If you, if you need that, that boost, if you need that extra leg up, if you're, if you're on the cusp of making the leap, um, because Samantha, as you I'm sure have worked out from the previous 25 minutes, has been there before uh, and has been through that and has been successful in, in, in making that leap. So um, those words come from, um, you know, uh, the heart come from, um, from real um, firsthand experience. So um, Samantha, thank you for that. We're just kind of drawing to the end here, but I wanted to ask, you know, looking ahead, what, what does 2022 have in store for Samantha McMahon? Well, aside from tutoring and the one-to-one business mentoring that I have been doing for a while, I'm hoping this year will be quite stable because I've, I've launched quite a few things. I've launched a podcast that you, you mentioned earlier. Thank you for mentioning that. And I've also set up the Tutors Mastermind, which is 
a group, if you like, that I'm I'm providing a community I'm providing for people if they want to grow their business with people who just get it, people who understand. Um, and there's lots of things included. I'll, I'll let people explore that. Um, so I always provide flexibility so that people don't have to commit to more than they need. So this year, I'm hoping that the podcast, the Jesus Mastermind will be gaining momentum. And I'm just really looking forward to growing the supportive community of tutors who want to harness that power of growing their business and sharing the thinking with people who really truly understand and are walking that journey. And I have to say that it's really thanks to people like, well, organisations like QT, who have really paved that way before me in setting up communities and helping tutors understand that we are we can really work together and there can be this groundswell that makes this change. So I'm really excited for this year. And the next. And the next. And the next. And the next. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on. Looking ahead to, to you know, the predictions for 2023, 2024. Um, so, <laughs> Samantha, thank you very much. Where, where is the best place for people to, to reach out to you? Best place is to contact me on any social media platform or to go to www.upgradeyoureducationbusiness.com. And there you've got information about everything, including the opportunity to book a free call with me if you'd like to bounce some ideas around and see how I might be able to help. I hope there is a deluge, a barrage <laughs> of, uh, of uh, you know, consultations and, and check-ins because um, you uh, speak so eloquently, Samantha, about it, about your the journey, but also about what you can do for other people, you know, looking forwards, um, which I think is is a very handy kind of dichotomy to you know in which to approach that. So um, thank you so much for 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 giving up uh, your, your your Wednesday morning to to speak to us here, Samantha. Um, there is so much to look forward to in terms of what uh, you're uh, delivering um, as part of the uh, Upgrade Your Education business. Uh, and also um, there is uh, the Love Tutoring uh, Festival 3 will be taking place um, in the week commencing the 27th of June of this year, 2022. Uh, and if you're lucky, you may just see Samantha there uh, is as <laughs> in a speaking capacity. Um, so... Uh, Keep your eyes out for, for more information around that. But Samantha, thank you so much for uh, one final time for, for coming on. Uh, and uh, if you would like your next step, uh, dear listeners, is to head to upgradeyoureducationbusiness.com slash upgrade-your-education-business-podcast to listen to Samantha's podcast. You can find anything about the podcast on the Upgrade Your Education Business page. So thank you, Samantha. Uh, and we'll see you all again next time. Thank you for having me, Ludo. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor Podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org training to find out more about our CPD accredited and Ofqual recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor.